Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're continuing on in our study of Joshua, and we've come to chapters 16 and 17. We're continuing to look at the division of the land of Canaan. And before we begin looking at 16 and 17, I want to just say a few concluding thoughts about uh, the last session. We had talked about the tribe of Judah and their allotments. I had given out the uh, boundaries of the territory. The one thing that we did not look at was the blessing of Jacob on the uh, tribe of Judah from Genesis chapter 49. And so I just wanted to read that briefly. Genesis 49, starting in verse 8. He says, Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down to you. So there's definitely a prominent place, a position that's given to Judah. Remember, Judah is not the firstborn son of uh, Jacob. So why is he given the prominent place here? Well, Reuben uh, loses his position, so to speak, because of his uh, defiling of his father's bed uh, by laying with his father's concubine. Simeon and Levi get themselves into uh, a big mess through taking revenge uh, on uh, what's done with them and killing uh, uh, what's done to them and to their sisters uh, and uh, going out and killing uh, the men uh, who did that to them. So Judah sort of receives the prominent position even though he's several tiers down on the ladder. Uh, he's spoken of as all the other sons bowing down to him in verse 8. Verse 9, Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He couches, he lies down as a lion, and as a lion, who dares rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. He ties his foal to the vine, and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washes his garments in wine, and his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are dull from wine, and his teeth white from milk. Well, what is all of this uh, predictive of? for Judah and for his tribe and his descendants. I think the first thing that we need to point to is the rulership or the uh, prominence for the people of Judah. Their tribe is going to uh, rule the other tribes. Judah would, uh, of course, be the tribe from which uh, the rulers came, from which uh, David and his uh, line would come. 
And ultimately, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, was from uh, the tribe of Judah as well. Now, there is um, a lot of discussion about verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until Shiloh comes. What is Shiloh here? Uh, Shiloh is a variation of a word that can mean peace. Some people interpret this as being uh, a personal individual, the prince of peace. This could be a reference to the Messiah himself as uh, the Prince of Peace. But it's not entirely clear here exactly how uh, this should be taken. The phrase, to him shall be the obedience of the people, seems to indicate that this uh, might be taken as a personal individual, the Messiah himself, rather than Shiloh as say, the area where the tabernacle came to dwell. Uh, he ties his foal in verse 11 to the vine, his donkey's colt to the choicest vine, washes his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. What is all of this referring to? I think it just symbolizes the wealth and the royalty of the tribe of Judah, that they would indeed be the royal tribe, the tribe which ruled over all the tribes and predicted all the way back during the time of Jacob. Now we'll come back to Genesis 49 in just a moment as we look at the tribes of Joseph in chapters 16 and 17. So looking at Joshua 16, in verse 1, we read, Then for the lot for the sons of Joseph went from the Jordan at Jericho to the waters of Jericho on, on the east to the wilderness, going up from Jericho through the hill country to Bethel. And he continues to list the geographical features throughout this chapter. Uh, remember, there are two sons of Joseph uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. Manasseh really was the older, the firstborn, but was given the lesser place by Jacob when he blessed Ephraim first. Their territory is expansive because these two tribes together, uh, when you compile the numbers from the book of Numbers, are actually larger together than even the tribe of Judah with some 80 or 85,000 fighting men uh, participating in the war there. So Manasseh has already been given some territory, half of the tribe of Manasseh, on the uh, eastern side of the Jordan River and a large expanse of territory on that side. They also will be given a large expanse of territory on the western side of the Jordan River and we'll read about that uh, in a moment. Ephraim is a little bit smaller and so their territory is uh, a little bit smaller but the two tribes together are essentially given the middle section, the central territory in the land of Canaan from the Jordan River as the boundary on the eastern side to the Mediterranean Sea on the western side. Manasseh takes territory to the north and all the way up to the Jezreel Valley as the northern border. The city of Megiddo is within this territory. 
uh, Ephraim takes the territory directly to the south of Manasseh and uh, to the north of Judah. There is a little tribe, the tribe of Benjamin, that is squeezed between Judah and Ephraim and has a small amount of territory there. Uh, Ephraim is given the cities of uh, Bethel, of Shiloh, uh, and then as we get into uh, Manasseh, we have other cities uh, like uh, Dotan and Tanak and Megiddo up there as well. So these two territories, two people groups together, occupy the entirety of the central territory of the land of Israel. Now, at the end of chapter 16, after we're given all of the boundaries of the territory of Ephraim, uh, in verse 10, we read, as is typical in these chapters, what they did not accomplish and who they could not drive out. Uh, chapter 16, verse 10, But they did not drive out the Canaanites who lived in Gezer, so the Canaanites live in the midst of Ephraim to this day, and they became forced laborers. So each of these chapters tell us a little bit about the uh, failure of the people where they did not or were not fully able to occupy their territory. Again, a lot of times uh, this is not for uh, the reason that they necessarily went out to war against these people, but many times it's because they were, became more interested in building up their own cities, establishing their own homes and their territories, and thought, you know, maybe I'll save that for later. I think in these chapters we have a, a great picture for the Christian life and how we view uh, sin in our lives. We can come to view sin and, and sort of become complacent with it, that there are things in our lives that we just allow to dwell there, and we don't necessarily go out and conquer our land. We don't drive these sins out fully. Uh, as we find out when we continue to read in Joshua and then into uh, Judges and uh, the books of Samuel and Kings, uh, these small things really turn into big, big problems for the people of Israel in the future. If they would have simply dealt with conquering their territory in its entirety and maintaining possession of their territory, it would have saved them a lot of hurt and a lot of heartache in the future. The same is true for the Christian life. Small things that we allow to, to build up or fester in our lives can turn into very big issues. And so it's important to take care of even the seemingly small things, to not allow sin to take a foothold uh, within our hearts and within our lives. Now, as we come to Joshua chapter 17, we're given the, the territory for the tribe of Manasseh. Manasseh is the firstborn of Joseph, but is not given the blessing uh, by Jacob, is put in second position. In chapter 17, we're told about all of the areas, the territory of Manasseh. This would be the other half of the tribe that had not taken possession of the land on the eastern side of the Jordan River. 
uh, down in verse 14 of chapter 17, after the lot is cast, and the Lord, remember, is the one who is divvying up who gets what. The sons of Joseph, in verse 14, they come to Joshua. They spoke to Joshua saying, why have you given me? Now notice how they speak. The sons of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, are speaking as one here. Why have you given me only one lot and only one portion for an inheritance, since I am a numerous people whom the Lord has thus far blessed? They were unhappy with the territory that they had been given. Well, Joshua says to them in verse 15, If you are a numerous people, go up to the forest and clear a place for yourself there in the land of the Perizzites and of the Rephaim, since the hill country of Ephraim is too narrow for you. What's going on here? There were some large forests in this territory, and the people were given all of this area and all of this land, but they don't immediately see uh, the way that they can develop it. Uh, they are thinking short-term. Where can I go, the places that are open, that I can build up houses and territory? Joshua says, you have all these forested areas. Go into the forest, harvest the trees, use them for houses, clear out areas, and build up cities. Make it your own territory. But it seems as if the people of Ephraim and Manasseh are being somewhat lazy in their occupation of this territory. The sons of Joseph say, in verse 16, The hill country is not enough for us, and all the Canaanites who live in the valley land have chariots of iron, both those who are in Bet-shan and its towns and all those who are in the valley of the Jezreel. They're making excuses. There are still Canaanites there. And they have chariots of iron. These are even uh, further technological advances. Joshua in verse 17 spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, You are a numerous people and have great power. You shall not have only one lot, but the hill country shall be yours. For though it is a forest, you shall clear it. And to its farthest northern borders it shall be yours. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, even though they have chariots of iron, and even though they are strong. The people of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, Joshua encourages them to go uh, into their tribal territory and possess it. It was not going to be easy, but they needed to go out and do the work. The Christian life is not always easy. But we need to drive out sin and be on guard against enemies in our lives. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu partner.